from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. On Friday, it was a trade demand. By Sunday, it was a done deal. Kyrie Irving is now a member of the Dallas Mavericks. What's it mean for Dallas? What's it mean for Brooklyn? What's it mean for the Lakers? What's it mean for the NBA? We'll figure it all out. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Of course, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, our wolf pack grows by one. ESPN, NBA front office insider, all-around great dude. Bobby Marks joins us. And, Harry, I say all-around great dude because I cannot tell you the number of times whether, like, one of the best things about working with Harry is that whether it's 3 in the afternoon or 3 in the morning, he's going to text you some nugget and we're going to have this whole conversation. Bobby has been doing that for me at this point for years. I feel like whether it's 5 in the afternoon or 5 in the morning, I'm like, hey, Bobby, what does this mean? And, like, five minutes later, I get a response. So Bobby joined me in studio laughing at me at this point. Well, because I'm laughing because I remember back in July, I was uh, after free agency was over, I was in Hawaii with my family and my <laughs> wife said to me like leave the phone in the room and I took the phone with me and Fitz was texting me and I literally had to go to the bathroom like to text him so I wouldn't get in trouble because of that oh, I God. love it I, I love every bit I, of it I have so much respect for our insiders that I say all the time like people that have been there done that make us smarter and they make me better at my job uh, I just wish he told me he was in Hawaii or invited <laughs> me I mean that's it's just even more alright so give me your first thoughts from the Maverick standpoint about what they gave up we're trying to figure out if this is a rental or this is a long term so put yourself in their front office situation what are you trying to accomplish with Kyrie I think what you're trying to accomplish is to win the Western Conference and get to an NBA finals and they're comfortable that if it's just a rental and they wipe their hands clean of him come July um, that it was worth it to give Luca a shot um, with this current roster and how open the Western Conference is and I think they're comfortable knowing that although they tra- they traded you know with um, Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and an unprotected first and two seconds that they're not boxed into a corner as far as what that next contract's going to be they don't have to give him a three or four year contract. Um, They're going to do it on their terms. And if he leaves to go to another team, then they're going to kind of retool with whatever flexibility they have around Luka. And Bobby, I got to ask you, if you're the Dallas Mavericks, if you're Mark Cuban, would you give Kyrie an extension? I would put that, you know, he's eligible for two years, 83 million. That's the most they can do. I would Mm -hmm. be comfortable with that number. I think when you get out and the length, you know, whether whether it be three years and four years, and we've heard about you know Brooklyn wanting to wanting to extend him, but putting some stipulations, whether it be games played or winning an NBA championship, um, you know that was the concern from Irving's standpoint. But for me, I I'm comfortable on a two year uh, on a two year extension because what that does is it, it aligns you with Luca, and then basically when Kyrie's contract is over. The likelihood is that we're going to get a big boost in TV money coming in with this new collective bargaining agreement, and then you can really reshape the roster here. But two years for me, I wouldn't I wouldn't have an issue giving Kyrie Irving a two-year extension. So I, I don't love conspiracy theories. So what I love to do is go to people that are super smart 
and lay them out so that they can mostly be shot down. But uh, give me your thoughts on this one, because a lot of people yesterday were talking about the fact that the Nets were simply not going to acknowledge the Lakers and that it could have been a better trade for the Lakers, but they don't want to make the Lakers better. Is there some anti-Laker narrative to you in the way this trade went down? No, I just thought if you looked at the four teams we talked about, the Lakers, Clippers, Phoenix, and of course the Mavericks, that the Lakers had the fourth best offer on the table whether it be the two picks, 27 and 29, and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook did not do anything for Brooklyn right now, unless, of course, the Lakers could find a third team and parlay those picks and in, in Westbrook into something that either has a players that have life on their contract past its year can make, make an impact, um, you know, what they think with uh, Finney Smith and, and Dinwiddie. And I think that's the tr- that problem that um, – that, the Lakers ran into with with Brooklyn here as far as trading those three players or picks for Kyrie Irving here, where you look at what Phoenix could have offered, whether it be Chris Paul or or the Clippers as far as their draft picks. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I just think that what I think if if they would have taken um, Russell Westbrook and two first round picks, I think at some point yesterday Kevin Durant would have probably asked to be traded. I think that's the real reality here, and I think what you're doing right now is. You have three or four days to try to piece together another trade to continually improve this roster because you don't want to be in putting your, uh, put yourself in a position like you were in, in late June. Well, that, that's the question I have for you. From the Brooklyn Nets perspective, what conversation are you having with Kevin Durant right now and moving forward? Well, I think the conversation started over the weekend. I think the conversation started Friday, uh, Friday afternoon when, when Kyrie asked to be traded, and I think – the conversation is basically kind of, you know, hey, we've got this is what the, our offers are going to be. And I think there's I think if you're Kevin Durant, there's disappointment. I think there's disappointment that you saw how good this team could have been this year when they were 18 and two before he got hurt, hurt. I think there's disappointment that he's not going to be able to play with Kyrie Irving. Now you move on to all right. What is the roster going to look like? That's for me what Kevin Durant should be looking like looking at. And I don't. I don't. I'd be stunned if all of a sudden by tomorrow he asked out. I think that's probably a discussion. Probably when we get into the um, when we get into the off season. I keep hearing people say, "Well, what you need to do is show KD that you're committed to winning." How? What's out there that could actually make KD say, "Oh, I feel good about this"? Yeah, I mean, what and what's out there? And I, the hard part is like, so you have you you got a first from Dallas. You have um, you know a few other first round picks. You've got three that you can trade like. The hard part is going out and I'm just throwing a hypothetical out there. If you go out and get a player like John Collins from the Hawks and say, "Okay, we're going to get you this player here," and then all of a sudden Durant asked out in the off season, now you got three years of eighty, ninety million dollars left on that player's contract. That's that becomes the cha- the challenge. So I think any any moves in the next couple of days certainly I don't know about cosign, but I think Durant has to be part of the process here. Well, I will tell you this, though, Bobby. See, I'm right here in Atlanta right now, and I'm mm-hmm. a big Hawks fan. So if the if the Nets want to trade Kevin Durant to the Atlanta <laughs> Hawks, it's fine with me. No, well, Come on, Katie. Come on to Hot Atlanta, man. I'll take him to go get some lemon pepper, <laughs> Lou Wings, and everything. We're going to do it all. Well, I mean, I, I think the value of Durant is conti- will continue to be high, um, whether it be this week or we get into the off season here, I think you know. Of course, the always the big thing is always going to be to kind of just you know the health, right? The health is always going to be. But he's proved up until that injury in Miami that he can compete at an All NBA type you know level here. And 
um, you would get into, you know, we get into another, you know, a, more of a bidding war than probably what we saw, um, you know, what we saw in the uh, in the off season. That being said, the trade deadline is Thursday. We're talking to Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Trade deadline's Thursday. On Friday, what does the Nets roster look like in your mind? Well, I, I think Dinwiddie will be here. I think Durant will certainly be here. Um, I, I mean, a, a guy like Joe Harris, that's a guy that, you know, if you're going to move picks, you know, he's got another year left on his contract. You could move Dorian Finney-Smith if you had to in another deal. You just can't combine his salary. So, um, I, but I think with based on his contract, you've got, you know, four years left on it. Um, but I do think there's another move out there. Right now, what is that other move? I mean, we'll see what happens in Toronto with the players there with Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. here. My big thing with Brooklyn is always you got to address your front court. You know, besides Nick Claxton, you're small. I mean, this is a small front court. And if you're going to play against Philadelphia in the first round or a team like Cleveland in the first round, you are going to have problems even with Kevin Durant on this team. Well, what about Ben Simmons? What do you think the Brooklyn Nets need to do with Ben Simmons? Yeah, I, it, for me right now, um, and this certainly could change, based on what I've seen in the last two months, I don't see Ben Simmons as a value piece in a trade that would upgrade your roster. Unless, of course, you have to add draft pick compensation to that team here. Any player, Harry, is tradable. You can go out and move Ben Simmons, but you're probably taking back contracts that are undesirable and do, do not impact your roster. He needs to get on the court. He needs to stay healthy. We don't need to see Ben Simmons from the Philadelphia days, but we need to see a player that is reliable and impacts the game. And we just haven't seen that yet. And my concern with him in Brooklyn is that, can you put him on the court in the fourth quarter? It's almost like he's a player that you need to have when you're leading. If you're down eight points in the fourth quarter, I don't see how he, you can keep him on the court. What does all of this mean for the Lakers in the next five days and in the next five months? Yeah, I mean the Lakers. You know, we're going to hear about Kyrie. Let's let's fast forward to five months from here. You know, if Kyrie Irving wants to go to the Lakers and take a discount at thirty million dollars this offseason, that's there for him. The Rui Hachimura trade kind of skews things a little bit because you can't have both, right? So we're always under the impression. They went out and got Hachimura. They're going to act as a team that's going to be over the salary cap, target players that are under contract for next year, um, use one of those two first-round picks to go out and and, uh, and 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 do a deal here. And the counter-argument from the Lakers and say, well, we got Anthony Davis back healthy here, right? Like, we don't need to go out and move one of those, those picks to, to get a deal here. As long as Davis stays healthy, we can get into the play-in tournament here. And that's going to be the interesting thing, and that's the big if. Can he stay healthy for the next, you know, you know, whatever, three months? He's Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. You can watch him all across ESPN today. Bobby, appreciate you stopping in in studio and appreciate you texting me even when you're in Hawaii. I will have my phone on 24 hours for you. You text whenever you want. Or next time you just <laughs> let me come along and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hang out there. All right. You're trying to get Bobby divorced. It's leave no. him alone. No, I'm just trying to get a plus one to Hawaii here. Let's go. All right. Bobby told you what he thinks all this means for the LeBron and the Lakers. We'll answer that question next. Plus, I don't know. There's a little historic thing going on this week that might involve LeBron. We'll break it down for you. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. On April 2nd, 1984, John Thompson's Georgetown Hoyas, led by Patrick Ewing, beat Houston in the NCAA championship game, making Thompson the first black coach to win an NCAA basketball title. Thompson became a coaching icon during his 27 years at Georgetown. 
When he passed away in 2020, several coaches honored him by wearing his signature white towel. Black History Always, celebrating Black History Month on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The divorce papers have been filed. Woj reporting the Brooklyn Nets are trading Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks. They still hope they can win, but the reality is you can't replace Kyrie Irving. For all the drama he causes, he is an incredible player. I think that the Mavs have put themselves in a position to be potentially the front runner in the Western Conference. When you get into business with Kyrie, you also have to accept that at some point, things are going to break down. I feel like with Kyrie going to the Mavericks and moving on from his chapter with the Nets, we have this whole insanity thing. Uh, <laughs> constantly thinking that the result's going to be different, and it's always the same. Every single time a notable free agent comes available, all of us spend, it feels like, days screaming, the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers, and then the Lakers are left with nothing to show for it. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, I guess I'm just not surprised because every time a big name, every time a name we know comes up, we just automatically assume the Lakers can get it done. But the fact is, they have so little leverage left, so little to offer anybody I'm not surprised that there's no scenario that sent Kyrie to the Lakers right now because what were they going to offer? Like, I, I have crates of Cheez-It at my house from Cheez-It ads that I did. I could have <laughs> offered more than the Lakers offered. Humble brag, by the way, on the Cheez-Its. That's hilarious, but I, I, I believe you're, you're right, though. Going to use you look those at the, Lakers the Super Bowl party, too. And, and what they're able to offer versus other teams, you look at Dallas and other teams that, that may have been into, into the equation, they just weren't the top team to be able to get the, uh, give the Brooklyn Nets what they needed for a Kyrie Irving. Now, I, I look at the, the Lakers and LeBron and his tweet, right? And when he tweeted, it must be me. Man, I laugh so doggone hard because I could probably feel the frustration and, you know, the exhaustion on LeBron's face and his body language at that time because he really did want to play with Kyrie Irving again. And he knows better than anybody the talent that Kyrie Irving shares. And I do believe when you look at a guy like Kyrie that he would have been able to pair up with, with LeBron James and just be able to focus on basketball. He learned a lot of things from their first time around being in Cleveland. Uh, both of these guys have come out and said certain things since that time and how much they do appreciate uh, one another right now at their times in their lives more so than they ever did. You only drink Sprite. Harry Douglas doesn't drink a lot of soda, right? Other sodas. But you have say, little kids. So you say might. It, say it again? Yeah, you only drink Sprite. He's out there. Uh, no, I mean, out there just housing some Sprite always, right? But you got kids. And when you do you ever do this or do your kids ever do this when they go to the theater 
and there's like uh you know the 52 different types of soda and they just put a little in the glass and they go up and down the list it's like making this whole hodgepodge of soda 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 it's like coke and orange and sprite and it's all going in the same glass i sometimes feel like that's what lebron is doing every time there's somebody out there he wants to play with he's like well i want to play with that one so i want to put it in the cup i want to play with him i want to put it in the cup i want to play with and that's cool until you get the, like the one thing that doesn't fit right in the cup all of a sudden oh, like you're Russell going Westbrook. Up, right right russell westbrook is <laughs> squirt like you're going up and down the thing you're like i got coke i got coke zero i got orange i got sprite this is all working together and then you got like the weird grapefruit sour thing that nobody wants that's russ and so all of a sudden like it's cool that you wanted to bring in Kyrie, but you got squirt bro and if you got squirt in the cup you can't mix that with anything yeah i, I would say though right now when i'm, I'm looking at the, i'm looking at the lakers <laughs> I've officially lost the whole staff. Evan oh, and Devin were not ready for squirt to come in. Yeah, yeah my great aunt Eunice used to drink a lot of squirt. That caught in South me off. That caught, oh boy! I was waiting for like the payoff, but it really never came. Squirt, oh, man! It's squirt. Oh boy! Okay. We're off the rails now. Wow! But I think when I look at the, the Lakers right now, and obviously they're going to try to do some some things before the trade deadline. But if they can't. I think they just need to buckle up and understand what they do have and try to make this run. Like right now, they're sitting in the 13th seed, uh, but at any given moment, they can jump all the way up to the to the sixth seed or, or really the five seed. That's how close things are. Or really the fourth seed. That's how close things are in the Western Conference. You have all these teams bunched together. Uh, but sometimes I think it's just more so looking at what you have on your roster and everyone being healthy and saying, you know what, we're gonna stick with what we got. Let's make it work that way. Uh, I think Hachimura, he's going to have to start, you know, stepping up a lot more. Anthony Davis is healthy now. LeBron James has been playing uh, unbelievable. Let's just try to make the run with the guys that you do have if you can't bring anyone else in. And I get that, but what do I always say? Like, if my aunt had grapefruit, she'd be my uncle. You always say if... If if was the fifth, I'd be drunk, right? Like okay, the, the, okay Auntie Bill. <laughs> the thought of AD remaining healthy for the like, look, if if LeBron and Anthony Davis are both healthy, then the Lakers can beat a lot of teams. But the reality yeah. of it is, the chances of that happening are slim. The chances of the Lakers acquiring anyone that's really going to help them are slim. The chances that the the Lakers yeah. are going to win anything of importance this year are slim. The reality of it is, the Lakers are essentially left for dead. But because it's LeBron. And because it's the Lakers and because we love that brand and that player so much, we want to find a way to make the end of this movie different. But it isn't going to be different. The Lakers are going to be dead by the end of this whole thing. There is nothing left to root for if you're rooting for championships in L.A. this season. It is over. You know what I'm looking forward to? They play on February 26th at Dallas at 3.30 p.m. on ABC. Kyrie and hopefully Luca's playing by the end. Kyrie and Luca versus LeBron and AD. That's what I want to see. I can't wait for that day. I mean, that that's – and it's a shame, by the way, the Mavs don't have any games left against the Nets this in Brooklyn this, uh, this season. So we won't get the chance to see Kyrie go back to Brooklyn. Uh, you know, but there is one thing, obviously, with the Lakers that we can look forward to. And this is, this is weird, right? This is weird because when you're as great as the Lakers are, individual accomplishment doesn't really matter in the moment because you're part of the Lakers, and the Lakers expect championships, not individual achievement. That being said – you mentioned it. LeBron's playing great. LeBron's playing lights out. LeBron's playing at a historic level, and he's going to set the all-time scoring record. The question is just what games he going to do it. And and as we hit this week, uh, th- this is 
an inevitability. So it's unfortunate that a Lakers season that has gone down in flames because they're not going to be relevant in the championship conversation still has this historic moment with LeBron particularly. And it's funny because you have all this news surrounding LeBron. They're the 13 seed right now. 13 seed in the West in conference. But you look at a guy like LeBron James and against Oklahoma City, uh, is he going to be able to get those 36 points to be to surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I don't know if he wants to do it against Oklahoma City. I think it would be ideal if he's able to do it against the Milwaukee Bucks, in, in which Kareem, that's where he started his career, and being able to break it versus him. Here's the question, though. Here's where it gets tricky, though, Fitz. If they're playing against Oklahoma City, right, and the game is close, and LeBron has like 30-plus points, and the game goes in overtime, and LeBron, LeBron has to take over, they need every win possible right now. I don't know if they can afford to say, you know what, let's tailor LeBron back a little bit. No, they got to keep him out there. A hundred percent. You're a thousand percent right about that. I just hope that that's not on a night I'm hosting SportsCenter on Snapchat because I don't want all those overtimes in my life. Uh, the one thing I will <laughs> say, too, is LeBron, you know, with the tweet of maybe it's me, essentially, uh, it is. I, one thing we have to admit is whatever the Lakers look like today is largely because LeBron wanted the Lakers to look like they look, right? He's mm. the one that that was adamant about player acquisitions. We know, no matter what anybody wants to tell you, we know every report that we get is that he's Bro, a part of all of these right conversations. There. He wanted Russell Westbrook over DeMar DeRozan, and we cannot ignore that. Like, we cannot ignore that. DeMar DeRozan thought he was going back home to California and – I think he heard via uh, social media, someone told him that they're going with Russell Westbrook instead of him. And, and we all seen the way DeMar DeRozan has been playing since then. And by the way, I've, I've heard this debate a few times on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, where J. Will points out he's not sure he buys that. But other people will tell you that that's what Magic told you. So, like, it, it feels like everybody's got an agenda at this point. It would be absolutely ignorant for any of us that, that are around NBA culture at all or understand NBA players at all to presume that LeBron doesn't have a say in everything that's happening with the Lakers, just like KD's going to have somewhat of a say however he can in whatever happens next with the Nets. So if the roster's poorly constructed, if they're out of draft picks, if they don't have any equity to give up to try and get somebody, well, this is what happens. Like, if, if you grew up broke like I did, sometimes you would go to the state fair, and what you learned is that you'd have to walk the whole thing before you spend a dollar because you didn't want to spend all your money at the first spot you got to because then you get three spots later and you're like, man, I really wish I could get this instead. LeBron and the Lakers spent all the equity they have. They have nothing left to spend and as a result, they cannot be players in conversations that could actually help them. And yes, that is at least partially LeBron's fault. Well, I'm looking at their schedule, right? Coming up, they have the Thunder, the Bucks, the Warriors, the Blazers, the Pelicans, Warriors again at Dallas, at Memphis. They don't have time to be throwing no damn pity party about who they don't have and who they aren't able to get. They got to go out there and strap it up and play basketball because they're trying to compete for a play-in spot right now. And, <laughs> it's and crazy. I'm talking about LeBron James and Anthony Davis trying to compete for a play-in spot. And they're sitting there hoping that Steph misses those games because of his injury over the oh, weekend. Yes. Just, like when you when you have LeBron and AD and you're hoping that the Warriors don't have Steph, things have gone wildly wrong. Fitz and Harry brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right. We'll get back to this trade, obviously, what it means for the whole NBA. But... It's Super Bowl week, and that means we got a lot of football to cover. The quarterback carousel is about to heat up across the entire NFL. There is one untouchable quarterback. We'll talk to him next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
Bates and Harry, the podcast. I'm Christine Lisi. Dallas is rolling out the welcome mat for Kyrie Irving. According to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, he's slated to take his physical with the Mavericks today. They acquired the superstar point guard and Markeith Morris from Brooklyn for Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and three picks. Nets plan to offer those picks in their 2027 first-rounder via Philadelphia in trade talks to try and improve their roster ahead of Thursday's deadline. Irving is scheduled to make his Dallas debut on the road Wednesday in L.A. against the Clippers, 10 Eastern ESPN-TV. Much more on the trade throughout the day on ESPN Radio and on the 6 Eastern Sports Center on ESPN TV. For the third straight week, Purdue remains the top-ranked team in the latest Associated Men Associated Press rather men's college basketball poll, Houston number 2 with Alabama, Arizona, and Texas rounding out the top 5. First down lines at the Green Bay 44. Offset eye behind Goff. Goff fakes the give. Rolls left. Wants to throw deep downfield. Wants Khalif Raymond inside the 10. Raymond's got it in the end zone. Touchdown. No, they're going to say down at the one-yard line. Oh, my goodness. Goff with a beautiful throw downfield. Khalif Raymond pulled it in in front of Rudy Ford, and the Lions have got it first and goal. Lions Radio Network on the call. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Jason Fitz. Sit with Harry Douglas. We're presented by Progressive Insurance HD. Can I give everybody a peek behind the curtain on how amazingly professional Christine Lisi is? Our great Sports Center anchor was just giving everybody the Sports Center update on radio. Uh, Devin was talking to us in her ears to give us the updates on what was going on, and I decided I was going to make a beaker face at, at Devin repeatedly while he talked to mock him and didn't even face Christine. Christine kept going through the reads perfectly, made it through Sports Center perfectly, whilst. I was making beaker faces. That is why she <laughs> is a professional and I am not. Yep, that's why we love her. Uh, uh, yeah. Christine is amazing at what she does. And Christine, I got to hurry up and come up there so I can get some of your goodies that you have been making. I heard you have some great ones today. There's, there's like a brownie thing. What is this? She went, she went insane today in a good way. Well, it's like a brownie s'mores uh, situation and then a sugar cookie. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I, I every time I've walked back by it, I think, well, I, I did go to the gym this morning. I did do Orange Theory this morning. Uh-oh. So you Orange know, Theory. Yeah, there dropping it is. that, dropping that name, dropping that name. I, look, <laughs> by the way, Super Bowl Sunday will be my one month anniversary of of Orange Theory. I'm gonna post the caloric burn out there for the world in my first month of Orange Theory. Feeling pretty, pretty froggy about. Can it you right do? Now. Can you do one month anniversary? One month anniversary for like a gym you join? Is that a thing that people do? Well, I mean, when you pay by the month and it's unlimited. <laughs> Yeah, like, I want to see what the well, first well, month is. But here's my thing, though. Like, when you have a nice young lady that you're dating, you're paying. You're just paying in a different way, right? When you go out to dinner and all this kind of stuff, you buy Valentine's gifts. Do you announce that you, you have a one-month anniversary see? when you have a significant other? See, Deb, by the way, you get me something for Valentine's Day? Is that what happened right there? I'm not telling. Devin, I'm not Devin, telling. You're going 
get fit something for Valentine's Day? I'll get you something too, Harry. Don't worry. Yeah, no chocolate though, because like I'm, oh. uh, you know, my body's a temple. Oh, right he now. doesn't like chocolate. No, oh I my love, gosh, I love chocolate. You don't know what you're missing. I love chocolate. I love chocolate. My body's a temple. I love chocolate. My body is a temple. All right. I am trying to get down to the lowest body fat number I've ever you had know, in my you life. You know what they say: the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. Okay. This is fits in Harry on the ESPN radio. Uh, I, I have, I have absolutely no comment right to that. Uh, He's about to turn red. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm working for. Remember, I used to always tell people on game day, I'd walk up like countdown to game day show that Harry's on now. And I've done in the past. I used to always go by the row of fans right before, and I tell them all the same thing every single Saturday. I'd be like, "Hey, we're gonna have live cameras in front of you. So remember, if you wouldn't say it to Mickey Mouse's face, you can't say it to my cameras because it only takes one person saying that word, and uh, we're all you know what. So I got I got no comment on it. We are efforting uh, right now uh, our next guest, so we're gonna get you a little bit of insight from. So you know, guy, you guys know how it works the Super Bowl, but I will tell everybody we are anticipating any moment that we will be joined by Jared Goff of the Lions. Harry, while we're waiting on Jared, I, I just I have to say this. You know, it's rare that you see a win-win trade. And I continually look back at the trade that sent Matt Stafford to the, the Rams, which got them a Super Bowl, and Jared Goff to the Lions, which really got them the quarterback. It seems like uh, uh, unapologetically they know their guy for uh, the foreseeable future. It is rare to have a win-win trade. And this this was an example. we got to tip our cap to both organizations for what they pulled off. Yeah, Jared Goff was uh, phenomenal this season, especially when he was at home. And uh, to end their season, even though they knew they, knew they weren't going into, uh, into the playoffs because the Seattle Seahawks had won their game previous to theirs, they went out there and performed. And when Jared Goff needed to score a touchdown, I can't wait to ask, to ask him about this. He scored a touchdown on his live last drive that he needed to you know, go up against the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers threw an interception. So I, I really want to know, how did it feel? How did he feel, you know, being able to do that and go into Lambeau Field and crush the chances of Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers going to the playoffs? It is really amazing how the conversation sort of swings when you talk about the Lions. And the Lions are a team that over the course of the offseason are only going to get more and more momentum, right? Like everybody's in love with their coach. Everybody's in love with their uh, their quarterback sort of situation at this point. Somebody that felt like the league might be given up on one second now looks like he's cemented as the future of the franchise and a team that has a lot of talent that's starting to come together. Like the Lions feel like one of those trendy hot picks for next year. No, they do. And they're a team that I think is going to make the playoffs this, this upcoming season. I thought they were going to make it this past year. But they figure some things out, right? They have a guy in Dan Campbell who's been able to rally the troops, and there's still some little base, some little baseline pieces that they need to add. I do not think the quarterback position is one of those pieces. I think Jared Goff has done a phenomenal job uh, in his first year in Detroit, and I think a lot of guys uh, believe in him. Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, has done a phenomenal job. Mark Brunel is, is their quarterback coach, a guy who played in the National Football League for a very, very long time, and I'm pretty sure he's been in you know Jared Goff's is, 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 is ear to help him perform at the level that he did perform at this season. Yeah, Ben Johnson by the way, a name that was getting a little bit of run for a moment uh, as a head coaching candidate and then decided it would be better for him to come back to the Lions. He's part of a new generation of coaches that feels like they're waiting to bet on themselves until they get the right situation, especially when they're in a good situation where it feels like their reputation will only grow. Yeah, um, and, and not to just jump on any coaching job that might be out there. Yeah. Well, I think we've got him now, right, guys? We're good. Jared Goff, uh, Lions quarterback, joining us. Uh, Jared, appreciate your time, man. We were just talking about your career a little bit, and obviously you've been you know, the, the hottest thing in the world, and then you were traded to Detroit. Uh, what's been the biggest difference for you at Detroit versus where you were before with the Rams? 
Yeah, a whole lot of things. Uh, it's a, it's totally different. Um, different coaches, different um, ownership, staff. Everything's totally different. But it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed both. I've enjoyed both places. Rams was great. Um, Detroit's been great, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Now, Jared, I got to ask you this. You guys, the last game of the year, you go into Green Bay. Y'all beat those guys and actually uh, ruined their season. But you guys finished on a high note. You were down 13 to 16. You led your team to a long drive down. It finished within a touchdown. You go up 20 to 16. Aaron Rodgers, on his next drive, throws an interception. You guys go down there on a fourth down try and complete a pass. How great did it feel to be able to finish that game with the offense being on the football field, but also Aaron Rodgers not making the playoffs in the Green Bay Packers. It felt great, man. Yeah, it was it was equally as good of a feeling as us, you know, finishing our season with a win as it was keeping them out. But um, if we're not going to be able to make the playoffs, that's the next best thing. And being able to do that, uh, finish our season like that, was nice cherry on top for us, and, and we felt good about it. What are your biggest goals going into this off season, Jared? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, you know, certainly want to continue to get stronger, faster, you know, throw better and do all that stuff, but just continue to develop as a, as a leader and a player and, um, this quarterback, this team and keep guys, uh, you know, where they, where they need to be and, and have a good OTAs and then, you know, get going to the season ready to go. You guys got wide receiver Armand Ross St. Brown. How phenomenal has he been? for the Lions offense that was one of the top ones in, in football this season. And is he your security blanket? Every quarterback has a security blanket. Is he yours? Yeah, he's a great player, man. And uh, he's as important to the success of our offense as anybody. And being able to move him around and, and get, be creative with him and, and, you know, seeing his progression over the last couple of years and, and his ability to understand coverage and, run a choice route and, and know how to get open. You know, you can kind of call it over and over and over again when you have a guy like that that knows how to get himself open, and um, he does. So it's a lot of fun to play with him, and um, he's a hell of a player. It's Fitz and Harry. We're talking to Jared Goff, Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas on ESPN Radio. Uh, so, Jared, we were talking before you joined us about sort of the the uh, swell in momentum the Lions seem to have in public perception. When you look at this offseason and sort of going in and around the league and trying to pitch free agents on coming to Detroit, do you feel like there's a difference in the way the Lions are being perceived now versus years past? Uh, yeah, maybe so. Um, I think when you win, that, t- that tends to happen. And we had, we went nine and eight and had one more win than we did losses. So um, I think that's the, the the most important thing is, you know, that'll attract free agents more than anything. Um, our offense was extremely successful. Our defense played really well in the second half of the year. And um, so, yeah, it, it's 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 moving in the right direction. And um, we're excited about, you know, hopefully attracting some guys and, and seeing what happens. We've got to put you on the spot here. The Lions have a top 10 pick in which – they got for trading, uh, trading for you and trade Matthew Stafford to, to the Rams. Who would you like to see the team pick with that pick? I've got no, I've got no idea. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I had a, I wish I, I wish I had a better uh, NFL scouting resume for you, but uh, I, I don't know. Um, that's that's what that's what Brad makes the big bucks for, and I'm sure he'll make the right decision. You definitely know coaches, obviously, playing for McVay, now playing for Campbell. Dan Campbell's become his own media sensation. What can you tell us about Coach and what it's like to play for him? It's a, it's a lot of fun, man. He keeps things fun. He keeps it light. Um, he understands what it's like to be a player and um, you know holds us to an extremely high standard and holds us accountable. And 
make sure we know uh, when it's time to go. And, and, and he actually takes care of us really well when it's, when it's not. So um, he's a lot of fun to play for. And, and I think, you know, the thing that people don't know about him the most is, is how smart he is. And, you know, he says funny things in the media. He likes to play this, you know, funny guy thing on, on you know, to you guys, but, you know, in, in the locker room and in the meeting rooms, he's extremely smart. And um, it's, it's a lot of fun to play for a guy like that. Okay. Outside of Dan Campbell, if you need a laugh and you had to count on one of your teammates making you laugh and make you smile because they're just crazy, uh, who was that one teammate and why? Oh. oh, man, I got a bunch. But the easy answer is Jamal Williams. Um, he'll say something crazy pretty much daily um, that'll make me laugh. Uh, DJ Chark made me laugh a whole bunch. Um, shoot, uh, Rag Now makes me laugh. Jonah Jackson's hilarious. All those guys. I mean, I, I, I got, we got some funny guys on our team, and um, but Jamal's probably the easy answer there. We're talking to Jared Goff. Jared, I know you're at the Super Bowl hanging out with Gillette and PNG with the Battle of the Paddles. How can fans watch you compete? Yeah, we'll be on at 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch Sports. Um, I'll be representing Gillette, and I'll be showing up with a nice, clean shave, feeling confident, ready to go. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it, I, I think I'm going to win, um, but who knows? <laughs> I like your comment. You just like slipped in there. I'm gonna win, but but he said it with no laugh or anything. Like just straightforward. I think I'm gonna win. Yeah, that's that's, that's spectacular. <laughs> hey, good luck with the battle of the paddles. But more importantly, good luck with the continued success. Fun to watch you kicking butt right now, and uh, fun to watch the Lions get so much love. Uh, appreciate you hanging out with us, Jared. All right, thank you, Jared Goff. One quarterback we know will be in the NFC North next season. Can we say the same about another one? We'll answer that for you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save. With Progressive, save nearly 700 bucks on average. Devontae Adams doesn't have to save any money at this point. He's dirty rich. But what we're all trying to do is put Devontae and Aaron Rodgers back together with my beloved Raiders. And the Pro Bowl didn't help with that because obviously Devontae, I mean, Harry Douglas texted me in the middle of the Pro Bowl saying, did we just see the, the, the Aaron <laughs> Rodgers uh, the discount double check? Uh, is that what we saw there? Like, we saw the Aaron Rodgers celebration. So he was asked flat out on NFL Network if he is recruiting Rodgers. This is what that sounded like. Have you started recruiting Aaron Rodgers to be the new Raiders uh, quarterback? Duh. Why, why, would, why would anybody not do that? I mean, 100%. That's my guy, obviously, and wishful thinking, but we'll see what happens. What's your best recruiting pitch? Uh, that I'm here. I mean, <laughs> I love wrong. every bit of it. He Listen, ain't wrong. This is why I love every bit of it, right? The, the, five, the last five years that, 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 that these guys played together, Devontae Adams had over 6,100 6, yards and 57 touchdowns. If a quarterback and a wide receiver can dance like that, Fitz, you see me dance. Mm -hmm. If a quarterback and a wide receiver can dance like that, you're damn right he's going to petition for Aaron Rodgers to, to, to go back to where he is, which is the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, granted, I know there are Raider fans like yourself that don't want Aaron Rodgers, but you just think about the magic that these two guys made together when they were in Green Bay. Wouldn't you like to see that magic? Yeah, again? yeah, yeah. Look, look, I wouldn't mind seeing the result on the field if it works out great, but I'll say this. 
Devontae also said last night, flat out clearly to the local media, that he loves trolling everybody. And he's like, I love being a troll. Of course I want to play with my guy, but I also love getting everybody to talk. That's all. I, I'm just saying, right now, we are all, we've all turned into real housewives. We're all gossiping about one housewife that's sitting in the room that just loves the attention. Ain't none of it real. That's all I'm saying. Ain't none of it real. All right. That would be one dynamic duo. Do we have a new dynamic duo in the NBA? We'll answer that question next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 